is coming to an end. Actually, it already came to an end technically when you're listening to this episode. That's true. It's wrapped up, but we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about that. We're talking about the second to last episode, which happened last week, uh, the penultimate episode of Citadel, premiered last Friday. Um, oh boy, <laughs> you you really hope that the penultimate episode starts to sort of lean towards where the series is going. Like if we haven't yeah. gotten there already. And I mean, if you're looking for where the series is going at the penultimate episode, it's a failure. Yeah. And I was hoping for something to to drag the story along, and we got none of that. We got a little bit more sort of backstory as to who Nadia is, kind of, but not really. Who Mason is, kind of, but yeah. not really. And I think we, spoilers here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred. I mean, for like if this <laughs> citadel of. Uh, yeah. Entertainment. If you, yeah. I don't even really know what to say about this show anymore. Um, it's so poorly structured, and that's like my main issue is like, yeah. We jump back and forth in time. We get little bits and pieces of not necessarily character development, but just facts about characters that like really don't hold any weight with the rest of the story. We're not ever sure where in time we are because it's just like nine years before eight years after that seven years before that and i'm like when did the train crash my my thing with that yeah is also like the very specific times are like completely irrelevant yeah like you need present and past and like that's it that's fine like something happening eight years versus 10 years ago doesn't play or doesn't matter and eight years ago from when? Like, is, is yeah. present day? And then, you know, we come back and I forgot Bernard was even in it because we hadn't seen him in three episodes. And we're like, oh, no, he's, he's being still tortured. still in that chair. That's yeah. right. Um, which is still playing off the idea that Citadel is the good guy and Manticore is the bad guy. But now we're learning that maybe Citadel isn't the good guy. But, oh, wait, no, maybe they are the good. Like, it's the kind of convoluted that comes from endless rewrites and not mm-hmm. having a clear understanding of where you want the show to go and what you want it to be. Um, yeah. There is a scene between Mason Kane and Nadia in a restaurant in public where he delivers this sort of emotional spies yeah. can't love, but I figured out how type of thing that I'm just like, Oh, it's so unsuccessful. It's so deeply unsuccessful. It's it's cringy, <laughs> really, is what it's just like <laughs> it's horrible. It's so weird because I watched this like three days ago and I'm literally sitting here trying to remember what exactly happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so just like inconsequential and like all of these plot points that they're doing don't play to anything. No. No. It's wild. And it then, is wild. And then there's spoilers again. There's the baby, oh. which like I have long had a thing that like just like introducing a pregnancy or a baby is like a kind of a cheap way to just like raise the stakes in any situation. And like a lot of writers use it as a crutch. And it's definitely like a, there's a baby bah, right. Bah, bah, right. here that I just like who cares it. Like that, it doesn't, 
it doesn't change anything for any of the characters. No. Like, here's a baby. I'm still a spy. I still don't like my baby's been with my dad, I guess, for, for 10, 10 years. years. So, like, okay. you're clearly not trying to get back to your baby. Like, right. Or, and her dad never looked for her. And also, like Mason, Mason, whatever his name is, Kyle. I don't know who he is at, at what given yeah. time, but Mason, without his memories, is finding out about. This is the funniest thing. He's finding out all of these, all of this information, and is reacting as if he knows what any of this means for yeah. himself. And I'm like, dude, you don't know who any of these people are. Why are you <laughs> acting like this means something for your life? And I'm like, you okay? So you care about this child? What about the child you left? And just went on this adventure with Nadia, like, without. I was like, you have a family already. <laughs> it's, yeah, and he doesn't seem to care that much about the family anymore. Never mentions him. Never one time mentions his wife or child. I'm like, that's fine. I can't wait to stop talking about the show next week. I, it is so bad, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I, like, <laughs> on it, like, no one's talking about it. No. No one. Like. Not like we're talking at length about it, but like I haven't heard or seen any kind of impact. It's not even on my Amazon like front page anymore. It's no. just like and you watch. I it. have to like click a while in there to like find it. Yeah, I polled a bunch of people at work today, and I was like, yeah. "You guys have been watching Citadel?" They're like, "What?" I don't. I probably fifteen people. They're like, "What is that?" And I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. This is exactly it's the way I want it. It's the biggest show ever. Yeah, it's it's the it's yeah. God damn. So, anyway. Citadel still unsuccessful. I cannot uh, unless the the finale is four hours long. They're not landing this plane. Um, Season two still coming. Yeah. Good God. Uh, it's, maybe it's it's one of those episodes. things. Well, in my head, I'm like, I feel like this season they were like we'll use a season just to like set everything up and then we'll get into the story but i'm like but like no like you there's you're not setting anything up <laughs> there's nothing nothing has been set up um so yeah citadel yeah that's that's all i got to say about it um ridiculous absolutely absurd so with that out of the way i do have to say I had a pretty successful week in terms of movies I watched. Dude, let's go. I feel like the past couple of weeks I've been like, so here's all the shitty movies that I watched this here's week. Here's all the one star ratings yeah. I gave. Um, but I watched a movie this past week that at the end of it, and this hasn't happened in a while, at the end of it, I kind of just sat back and went, fuck, that was a good fucking movie. Oh, man. In a level of just like actual, not like surprise, but like, like damn kind of situation. And yeah. that is the, um, that is the 2013 Nicolas Cage movie, Joe. Oh. Directed by David Gordon Green. Have you ever seen this movie? I have not. I have this not. This movie is so fucking good. David Gordon Green. I am blown away. Like, Interesting. <laughs> It's such a small thing, but Nicolas Cage is so good in this. So yeah. Joe is this guy who kind of has like a mysterious semi kind of violent past. It's like set in a like poor town in like middle America somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and like he, you know, kind of thing where it's like I pay a day's I pay a day's pay for a day's work. Like, and he, 
you know, he runs this company where they go around poisoning trees hmm. so they'll die so lumber companies can come in, clear cut it, and plant forests to make lumber. It's oh, That's, Jesus. like, not that big of a part of it, but, like... yeah. It's him, it's Nicolas Cage and uh, Ty Sheridan, not Ty Sheridan, uh, yeah, Ty Sheridan, and like 2013, so him coming, just coming off of mud, Mm -hmm. Um, their chemistry between them is so good, he becomes like a father Mm -hmm. figure to like a father that like, like his actual father figure is, or his actual father is like a drunk and abusive and all this kind of shit, and like... Mm. The like the character building in this movie is incredible. The like parallels between things and the juxtaposition that uh, David Gordon Green puts together between like these characters in their lives and like what's going on mm. is incredible. It's quiet but loud. It's incredibly shot. You can feel like this whole atmosphere. Yeah, you know, just pulsating off of the screen it's 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 something man i'm like you know i know david gordon green from pineapple express right um, and he does the halloween movies now mm-hmm. um right and i i feel like i kind of wrote him off after um your highness which was like that comedy with danny mcbride and james franco that and natalie portman that was like really kind of bad right right but man this movie is insane I'm like on a trip to watch like all of the David Gordon Green movies now. Uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that he's really kind of done three things and it's those comedies, like the buddy mm-hmm. comedies, these kind of like, I don't want to say melodramatic, but ser- more serious minded yeah. films that are just really good dramas. And then he does the horror stuff. It's like, yeah. he has three different kind of lanes and he's pretty good at all three of them to be quite yeah. honest. And I always forget that he even has this lane at all with like that. Yeah. And I think he did a movie with Jake Hall called stronger, which stronger, is, yep. you know, pretty good. Um, and, uh, one, the next one on my list is our brand is crisis, which is, oh. uh, Sandra Bullock and Billy Bob Thornton. Oh dude. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and Prince Avalanche with uh, Paul Rudd there. Yeah. So, like, like, he's a very interesting filmmaker. <laughs> and, like, if Joe is any indication, he's an incredibly strong filmmaker. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, honestly, like, Pineapple Express is really... It's a good movie. ...really good, too. Well made. Uh, yeah. But, man, like, go watch Joe. I, like, it's been on my list forever. Um, it's, like, this in mud. It's, like, you yeah. know... Uh, I feel like a good double feature, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> I, man, Nicolas Cage is so good in this. Like, it's one of those, like, here's Nicolas Cage, like, acting. Showing like, that actually, he can do the yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't happen that often, folks. But, like, when he does it, he does it hard. Yeah. Um, that's great. I'm going to have to watch that. I completely forgot about this movie entirely. <laughs> like, it's one of those just, like, kind of slipped past everybody. It's um, uh, streaming on Peacock. Oh, perfect. Okay. Awesome. There you go. Well, I added it to my watch list. Um... I guess I'll go with a success here as well. I checked out a film by Moorhead and Benson, who I've talked about before, and they most recently mm-hmm. did uh, In the Dirt, but they also, like, you know, they were given Moon Knight to do as well, and I've talked mm-hmm. about The Endless. They're kind of these two guys who write and direct and act and all of their stuff that do, like, heady indie sci-fi, which I really love because they get into, like, cult stuff and time travel and stuff that I just am really interested in, and they do it sure. in a very low-budget way. 
So I checked out Synchronic, which is their like big swing before mm-hmm. Moon Knight, and this stars Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan uh, as two EMTs in, I believe, the near like the near future. It's not really specified, and they are dealing with this new drug that has been causing people to quote unquote overdose, and it's called Synchronic, and it's supposed to allow you to see time happening as it's like actually occurring Mm. but what it actually does is brings people back in time to like that specific spot at a you know predetermined uh amount of time ago um and it's a really interesting movie it's one of their weaker films but it's still not unsuccessful you know it's clear that they like got a big budget and we're like oh like let's do some crazy shit and the camera is really interesting and like it's not you know it's still a lot of handheld but they they try and go for it Mm -hmm. um why are more movies like this kind of strain of sci-fi, which I don't think cost all that much money, but is really just like down and dirty, gritty, yeah. street level? Why don't we get more science fiction like this? Like I don't, I don't know, man. Nobody does it. It's like these guys, and that's pretty much it. And it's like, I feel like there are like it. like they are out there, but they're so buried, yeah, that it becomes like impossible to find them. And every now and then you like come across one, and you're like, what? Yeah, like what the hell? It's like and, sci-fi needs to get on the level of like AMC. Right. Or something like that. And just like, yeah, like let's start making actual crazy good shit. Yeah. And not even, it doesn't even have to be crazy good. It just has to be serviceable. And like Moorhead and Benson, like if you don't like their style, you probably would hate. They have a very interesting writing style, directing sure. style. The way that they write dialogue is like not quite realistic, but it works for what they do. And this is just more of that stuff. Like, it, it does have some ideas that I think don't quite land. Like, they're dealing with racism and racism throughout the, t- the the time periods and, like, how someone would have to deal with that in Anthony Mackie's perspective. And they, they're getting somewhere, but it's not quite there. But, like, I'm just, like, give more people like this money to do these things. Because yeah. even on a no-budget scale like The Endless, it is still so much more watchable than half the garbage that gets put out these days. And sci-fi is just, we're, we're in a drought, and I don't know why, but, like, yeah. nobody's making sci-fi. It's either Dune or nothing. And I'm like, there's got to be an in-between there. <laughs> yeah, like, there's smaller, a lane. Yeah. Um, so I recommend checking Synchronic out. It's, like, an hour, 40 nice. minutes. It's on Netflix. Uh, and I love Anthony Mackie. So. <laughs> add, it to my, uh, add it to my watch list. Yeah, you should watch some of the Moorhead and Benson stuff. It's it's yeah. it's interesting stuff. The In the Dirt is, or something in the dirt is, is, cool, is a cool movie. So um, Nice. Nice. Um, I want to talk about a TV show really quick Ooh. Um, that I have one episode left of and I'm surprised that I've continued to watch it. So usually oh. I watch like a, a some kind of show or whatever while I'm eating my lunch during the day. Yeah, yeah. And I stumbled on a Max original called Fired on Mars. Never heard of it. Which is about a graphic designer who goes to the Mars colony. And then promptly loses his job when corporate restructures, but is like on Mars. Um, <laughs> it's it's animated. Oh, okay. Um, every little thing about it screams Mike Judge. Oh, but it's not. Hmm. But it's very very heavily influenced by it. Sure. Um, main character voiced by Luke Wilson. There's a lot of like uh, oh good vocal work in there. You know, um, went in expecting like a full on just like comedy, you know, like here's like a um, office space on Mars kind of thing. Sure. Because it feels so Mike judge, but like, it's not really a comedy. 
it's lighthearted, mm-hmm. but it's not like cracking jokes constantly. And it's weird because it takes you a couple of episodes to get past that. Which what which is why I was like, I don't think I'm really like I watched the first one, the first, the second one. And I was like, I don't know if I'm really gonna keep watching this. Right, right. But I did, and I'm glad I did because it gets actually really like once you get past the idea of why am I not laughing that much on this? Yeah. It becomes a really interesting character study of this guy on Mars who doesn't have a job. Um, <laughs> and like he goes through a whole like I'm going to like, you know, it, it's it's very relatable. I'll say that for um, sure. And it's just like, I don't know I have I, I have one episode left. I'm going to watch tomorrow at lunch and I'm like kind of hyped for it. Yeah, I know. It's worth checking out. It's on Max. Uh, yeah. 20 minute episodes like oh, easy, you know it's an eight episode season i think okay just um, one season yeah just what it just came out like a couple weeks ago i think oh okay um cool yeah but totally worth it fired on mars it's so random okay how it's did you so find random it? um <laughs> just like saw it, i like, think eh. i want to say i i got linked to it somehow from watching clone high oh Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was watching and there was like a commercial at the front of Clone High or something for yeah. it. Front of Clone High. That may, would yeah. make sense. Um, like a recommended, like after yeah. the whatever. Hmm. That's another like animated shows that are n- not quite like 100% adult, but also like just yeah. quality. I, that, there's well, not like, that many you can point to. <laughs> like Google it real quick and just like see what the animation style looks like. Yeah. It's very much like, how is this not. Uh, Oh, yeah. Mike Judge. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, you know, shout out Nate Sherman and Nick Volke, um, mm-hmm. who are the creators and directors, you know. but Oh, I love it. It looks great. Yeah. Um, I guess based on a short originally from a couple of years ago. <laughs> Classic. It becomes a TV show. Um, that's awesome. Any plans for season two or is it kind of, or do you uh, think it's going to just I would like- imagine. No, I like, I feel like. There's too much going on for it to just be like intentionally self-contained. Gotcha. You know, like we're they're not wrapping up every loose end in the next episode, so right. I don't know. I mean, let me look, let me look here, because I'm like, that's. I wonder how many people are like you just stumbled on it. So I'm like, I wonder yeah. how it's doing. Like, <laughs> an animation is not cheap. No, it doesn't seem like there's any. Well, if it just came out too, who knows? Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I, it seems like uh, there's. No season two signed off on or anything yet, but uh, gotcha. But man, I hope so. Man, that's great. Lined up. Some of those like just like hidden gems that you like now with streaming, it's both yeah. easier and harder to find them because like you can just flick something on and it could be like this and, and it could like, grab you. Yeah, I'm really glad that I watched that. That's awesome. Well, I'll have to check that out on Max, not yes. HBO Max, Max. On Max. Um. I know I was just talking about how, you know, nobody makes sci-fi anymore, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> another sci-fi movie that I watched called Upgrade, which I had never seen and I can't believe I hadn't. Uh, Logan Marshall Green starring as a man who gets in a car accident. This takes place in the future, but I think... I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah. Lee Winnell, written, directed by... Uh, and that's why I can't believe I hadn't seen it, because I'm a big Lee Winnell fan, and everyone mm-hmm. had been talking about this movie, and... Um, the story is basically Logan Marshall Green and his uh, wife get in a car accident, and through a series of circumstances, she is killed, and he is completely paralyzed from the neck down, quadriplegic. And he gets the opportunity to have an implant that will 
basically bridge the gap between his brain stem and the nerves that are disconnected. Mm-hmm. And he opts to do it. But what is not told to him is that it's a computer and it actually starts to converse with him. And it becomes mm. like this venom kind of like symbiote. Or Doc Ock kind like of Like literally where the computers like talk, they have conversations and Ooh. and the computer is like an all-knowing being so it can sure. fight and do stuff that like he can't <laughs> and so it's this vengeance revenge type of film where he is tracking down the people who killed his wife and it is fucking awesome this movie is like exactly what i'm looking for because it's down and dirty it's grimy it's ultra violent but it's really unique in its filmmaking. And I actually looked up how they did some of this stuff and they actually used a gyroscope on a phone that they connected to Logan Marshall Green and then the camera so that when he was moving, like the camera would like jerk with him. So it's mm-hmm. like this really interesting like fighting style where he's doing backflips and the camera's like, woo, like it's really, really interesting. And again, I don't think this movie costed that much to make. It's a pretty simple premise. And like, just give me one of these every eight months. I don't care. Like I, and it kind of pains me because Lee went from this to the invisible man, which I'm like, not a terrible movie, but not my favorite. And I'd love more original stuff from him because like, he's really good. Like he co-wrote saw with James Wan. He wrote insidious. Like he helped on the, on the conjuring franchise. Like they were partners. So it's like, he's a good writer. Um, and I don't know, man, like upgrade. It, it was, I think yeah. I watched on Cinemax. I literally did a seven day free trial. I'm like, okay, <laughs> nice. Flipped it on. And it's, it's great. It is hyper violent though. Like there are moments where you're just like, Oh, Oh my God, that just <laughs> happened, which is great. I mean, it was what I was looking for. So upgrade. It's just a solid action, fl- sci-fi action flick. Um, nice. Worth it. Worth it. Uh, I'm going to go in a wildly different direction than that. Uh, um, nice for my last one here uh i watched a movie from 2019 mm. uh called first cow first um, how do i know that directed name? by kelly reichert oh yes it's about uh it's set in the old west in oregon it's about a cook and a loner um who kind of they they encounter a cow We'll put it that way, um, which is rare. It's like the only cow in the you know northern territories. It's set in like you know oh. old time, like gold rush kind of era. Mm, gotcha. Um, oh man, it's okay. like it's a western. <laughs> sure. Uh, I am obsessed with Kelly. The filmmaking in this is so unique and like it creates such an atmosphere. So the the way I'll phrase it like this, you know, like when you go to film school. And you take like your first editing class or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a point where they go, okay, so you have a character. He gets out of a car and then he walks into a building and then he goes up into the office. Do you really need him walking from the car to the office or can the audience like fill that part in? And you're like, oh, yeah, the audience can totally fill that part in. Right. <laughs> first cow shows you everything. This movie is very, very slow. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is very like will the 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 shot will start with the character far away and they will walk all the way into this frame. I love it. And then sit and do their little thing, you know. Like this is not really a spoiler, but like the the scene the movie opens with uh, someone discovering a skeleton in mm. the ground, 
And literally you sit there and watch them uncover this entire skeleton. And it takes like a few minutes. And it's like from the moment, from the get go, you're like, this is a slow, quiet movie that you're just kind of going to like be in this space. And like, as soon as you surrender yourself to that, like it becomes it like I watched this movie and when I walked away, like everything was just quiet and calm. Like it changed my mindset (laughs) entirely. Like I was like, Oh, I have to do the dishes. And I'm just like sitting there, like put the glass in the dishwasher, grab this glass, put the glass in the, like, just like, I'm just living my life kind of thing. It's so right. fascinating when when a movie like that can like just change the way you perceive the world. Yeah, um, and dude. it's a movie about a cow in Oregon. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, absolutely. One hundred percent worth the watch. Um, That's awesome. she has a bunch of movies that I like want to want to get into now. Um, she also directed uh, certain women, mm-hmm. Um which was a couple of years ago, I believe. Um, but first cow, it's interesting. Uh, uh, Lily Gladstone. Yes. Is in that. Um, yes. I just saw that. Yeah. So she's, she's about to be massive. I feel like. Oh, and she just put out showing up last year, which people seem to love mm-hmm. as well. Michelle Williams, Hong Chow. Oh man. I got to check all of these movies out. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, so it's in four three. I'll put that out there also, which okay. was interesting. Um, I like that. So it's like a really like you're sitting not only in the frame, but a frame that's a little uncomfortable because you're not used to it. Right, right, right. So it's like there's a whole level of, and there's oh man, there's like certain things that happen that you're just like fuck. This is like, uh, and then mm. you're just sitting with that discomfort. Oh, I love it. It's crazy. Oh, I love it. Okay, where did you watch it? Uh, it's on Peacock. Oh, dude. Peacock. Which is such a random, Damn. like, I don't know what Peacock's doing with First Cow, but rock and roll. They're, <laughs> Peacock you know. is killing it these days, man. Yeah. Her other her other film there, Certain Women, is, like, on Criteria, you know. Got you. Sure, sure, sure. Criteria. Right. Did I just say Criteria? Criterion. I knew what you meant. Collection. Yeah. <laughs>